0: I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, P.R.I. and WGBH in Boston. There are reports today that Syrian government forces have stormed a town on the outskirts of Damascus and they're bombarding southern parts of the capital. It happened as the last of the U.N. military observers left the city. Syria seems to be sliding ever deeper into a civil war along sectarian lines with the mostly Alawite forces of President Bashar al-Assad pitted against the mostly Sunni rebels. But for some Syrians, the battle lines are less defined. Reporter Shira Frankel spoke to one Syrian Alawite defector in the Turkish town of Antakya.
1: Abu Omar can only speak to his brother back in Syria in hushed tones and code words. In this crowded cafe in Antakya, Omar phones his brother to see if anything has changed in their family's situation. Uh,
2: They are under, under the eyes of the regime because of me. So every move, they are just watching my family in every step, every move, everything.
1: Omar asks that we not use his real name to protect his family. He's an Alawite Syrian from a village outside Latakia in the northwest. The area is well known as a bastion of support for President Bashar al-Assad. As an Alawite, Omar would be considered a natural supporter of Assad's regime. But about 7 months ago, he fled Syria and joined the rebels, making his way to Turkey. He says he felt his community had been taken hostage, forced to support Assad against the rest of their countrymen.
2: They just kidnapped Alawite community and they are just pushing them to fight against the Syrian people just to have the civil war they are dreaming about.
1: Omar acknowledges that his case is unusual. Only a handful of Alawites openly support the rebellion, and he's paid a price for his support. His Alawite community now shuns him, but so do some of the rebels, who say they can never fully trust him. Even before he formally defected by dodging his responsibility to the Syrian army and fleeing Syria, he felt pressed by both sides. He says that when he took part in an anti-Assad protest in Latakia 13 months ago, he felt he had to cover his face.
2: Actually, I was covering my face with a black mask, black cotton mask, so that the government or the regime cannot recognize me. And also, the young people who is protesting, they cannot recognize me also as an Alawite guy. So... You have to be careful from the
1: bus both, both sides. This video has been making the rounds among the mostly Sunni rebels. It shows a group of Alawites in a village outside Latakia hoisting posters of Assad that they kiss and embrace. The crowd chants a popular slogan, pledging to protect Assad with their blood and souls. Omar says that videos like these are misleading. He argues that many Alawites have no choice but to publicly announce their devotion to Assad due to the constant scrutiny on their community.
2: You know, in Sunni community, if in every building there is an agent for the regime, in Alawite community, in every building there is five. And because the regime knows that if Alawite community goes down to the street, protests against him, against the regime, the regime will fall in in two days. So that, why he is putting all his power now, since the beginning of the revolution, just to watch every single Alawite guy.
1: That watchfulness, says Omar, is part of what keeps his family and other Alawites under Assad's control. Last week, Omar's brother got called up to serve in the Syrian military. He phoned Omar in distress. He doesn't want to join the fight against the rebels, but he's afraid to defect.
2: They cannot just leave Syria to the unknown here. Because they know that I suffered a lot since seven months because, I mean, nobody supported me, nobody helped me.
1: Omar says there are also fears that the family left behind in Syria would be punished as an example. When he defected, his family received daily threatening visits from police and security agents.
2: Yeah, pick it up.
1: Omar has been calling his brother for days and no one's answering he's still not sure what his brother will do. He has to rely on infrequent and likely monitored phone conversations to talk about matters that could mean life and death. He says that each day, he loses a bit more hope. Once, he thought of the rebellion against Assad as a united uprising against a dictator. But today, he says, he's afraid the sectarian divides will drag Syria into a war they'll be fighting for years to come. For the world, I'm sure, Frankel in Antakya, Turkey.